Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. You ready for this morning? Yes. How good has church been the last few weeks? My wife opened up Mother's Day. She was phenomenal, first time speaking here. It's brilliant. On stubborn faith. Not a stubborn wife. <laughs> stubborn faith. And Nafe last week unpacked what that means. And if what Nafe did last week and what Steph did and it all dovetails, then I think it will end really, really well. Not end now, but then I can hopefully tie into that nicely with what I want to bring today, which the title of my message is Come At Me. Come at me. And I did, in Friday night, use flash paper, it's called. It's a, it's a magician's trick. My brother does it a lot. And it's just a little tiny bit of paper. And what I did um, is I just wrote down the areas in my life of what I'd done wrong a few times and handed it to some of the kids and took it off and said, this is what God does. And bang, and it went. And they were all like, whoa. And I was hoping that the fire alarm went off. It didn't. Come at me. Come at me. This message, I really have been hoping and praying that it's more of a principle rather than a teaching. I'm not going to pull out a load of scripture and unravel it to you as like a teacher would. I hope that it's just a principle that we can walk away with and go, oh, maybe I didn't know that and we'll go somewhere with it. So it's something that I have lived, literally lived my Christian walk by and I'll explain some of that later. But firstly, what's your name? Pink top. Louise. Louise. Just turned over to Louise when we were doing all the welcome area. And I just, I looked at you and thought, I don't know what you, I obviously don't know you, don't know your name, but when we turned around, I just saw you smiling. I don't know what you've been through, don't know your past, but I just want to say, be the joy bringer. That's what I see in your life, be the joy bringer. I don't know, don't know your life story, but bring it. Because when I turned around, I saw you smile, I was like, she makes me feel happy. So if you're not feeling happy, go get around Louise. Amen. Amen. And Steph, for you after Mother's Day, just felt Jesus was in ministry um, three years, but was in training for 30. And I feel for you, you've been in training for 31. Bring on the next three. And many more. Me and Steph went away on our honeymoon, miles away to Australia. And on our honeymoon, we spent five nights in this um, hotel, what was it? Hotel with the kitchen in it, you know, like a, a, whatever they want to call it. They say it's got a kitchen. Yeah, apartment. Um, <laughs> like an Airbnb. <laughs> like an Airbnb apartment. And we get there and they say, yeah, it's got a kitchen. Always winds me up. If you run Airbnb here, can I just, I'll offer some advice. If you say it's got a kitchen, don't give me a microwave with the two plates on. That's not a kitchen. That's not a kitchen. So anyway, we get there, we spend the first few nights, all great, go around looking at the city, looking at the places, phenomenal time, just bathing in the sun, and it was just all lush. Get to the last night, obviously we're all jet lagged, we're up and all over the place. Steph had packed her case, we both packed our cases, we were flying out the next morning, and she'd packed it beautifully, everything was folded, everything was done, like, you know, men just like, oh, shove it in the case. 2am, fire alarm goes off. We're on honeymoon. Don't want the fire alarm to go off. Don't want the fire alarm to go off, whether you're on honeymoon, on holiday, wherever a fire alarm is, you don't want it to go off. 
goes off at 2 a.m. It doesn't just go off, we get evacuated. So 2 a.m., we're all outside. Steph's lovely packed case, she threw the whole lot all over the hotel room, the apartment floor, to find her joggers that were at the top. So she had to repack her case. We get back into the hotel, go back to bed, finally get to sleep after being outside on the street and going, what is going on? 4 a.m., fire alarm goes off. We get kicked out of the apartment again. We're on the street. We get back up. And I'm like, what is going on? What's going on? Now, I do fire and security. I should go back there and look after the fire alarm, but I'm not going to. Anyway, <laughs> what's the last sound you want to hear? For me, when I'm on holiday, it's the fire alarm in an apartment. But what's the last sound? Bring it back to life, bring it back to here. What's the last sound you want to hear? Is it the fire alarm? Is it your car breaking down? Is it your bank statement that's about to come through the post when the postman's knocking on the door? You don't want to hear the knock on the door? Is it your own vo voice? Your own thought process? What's the last sound you want to hear? This is what got me thinking. What is it? What's your, what's your headspace? What's your, what is it that you least want to hear at the moment? Go with me. I want to unpack something a little bit. Matthew 26. Jesus told them, this is the disciples, this very night you will fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, but I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee, Peter replied, even if all fall away on your account, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Jump with me, verse 69. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard and the servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it. I don't know him. Don't know what you're talking about. Then he went out to the gateway and he saw another girl. She said to him, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I do not know this man. <coughs> After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. I can tell by your accent. Clearly from Bristol. <laughs> then he began to call down curses on himself and swore to them, I do not know this man. Immediately, the rooster crowed. Then Peter was taken straight back to Jesus' words, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. So the last thing Peter wanted to hear on that night. I need you to understand, in this culture, me and Steph went on a holiday not, not too long ago, and we stayed opposite a farm. And on that farm, they had hens and roosters and that sort of stuff. Um, and when you, when you live or you go on holiday next to one of those areas, it's all you hear. It's literally all you hear. You wake up in the morning, you hear a rooster crow. You go to bed at night, you still hear the same thing. You hear the rooster crow. No matter where you walk, you hear that very noise. Every single time you wake up, you would hear the very noise. What did it remind him of? It reminded him of his failure. He was top dog, though. This is what got me when I started reading it. He was one of the 12 disciples. Not only was Peter one of the 12 disciples, he's one of the inner three. 
He was the closest man to Jesus, the one that you wouldn't expect to do the very thing that he'd just done. He was the one that was in the group, the preaching, the going round, the talking, the one that was closest to him, learning most from him. Jesus I'm talking about. And Peter trying to get his, get around him and learn from him. And yet he's the one that denies him three times. And on that day, Jesus says to him, you'll deny me. No, I won't. I've been following you for three years. I know everything you've said. I don't know what's about to happen to you, but I won't deny you because I know your life. Then it gets later on and people question him about it. He denies him three times. It then says he bitterly wept and went away. He goes home that night. Let me preach it like it's in my head. He goes home that night. Hears the sound of the rooster or the hen. And it crows and he goes, ah, messed up. Messed up. Wakes up the next morning, if he slept that night. Very first thing he hears is that sound. Oh, no, I messed up. Tries to do that day. Hens crow from about 6, 5.30 in the morning to about 11. And then they go again from anywhere from 2 to 3 till about 11. So he tries to do that afternoon. Probably goes out fishing. He was a fisherman. Here's the noise. Comes back, here's the noise, I messed up, I messed up. I, ju I just want you to, to get that in your head. This isn't just a concept of like I messed up and it's gone. This is a constant, constant reminder of you denying the person that you love the most. Denying the person that you wanted to be around the most. Constant reminder. I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. I tell you why, because what probably a lot of you in the room don't know about me is that I've got criminal records, can't be a police officer, got into a really bad way in life when I was at rock bottom. Most Friday and Saturday nights, I was out there on the streets of Gloucester from about 5pm till about 3pm. Most of the time was on cocaine, completely out of my face. Got into a crowd of people that probably wasn't good for me making decisions that probably kept me away. But, this is the part, I was brought up in a Christian house. My mum and dad came to church, brought me to church since I was born. And now I'm the one out on the street denying Christ. So I kind of feel like I know what he feels like. kind of think I understand them a little bit when you go for a job interview and I already write myself out of the job because I don't think I'm either clever enough or I've done the paperwork good enough or probably not the guy that they want so I already write myself out of the story incorrectly still do it when you get opportunity to speak to a church do I say yes straight away or do I go oh Nath could do it Amy could do it Steph could do it. There's loads of other people. So you write your stuff out of the story, so I have to respond yes before I can say no. Weird thought process. But I researched, why do hens crow? Most of you probably wouldn't have done that, but weird minds. Listen to it, because I think it's powerful. I think it's got a powerful story. They're marking their territory. They're establishing their hierarchy. 
or they want to warn off predators. So every time Peter heard the noise, every time I hear something that probably tells me to retreat, step back, what's it doing? I think it's an enemy tactic to write yourself out of the story before you can even get there. Why? Because he wants to mark his territory. He wants to keep you out of the kingdom. And he wants to establish his hierarchy. But he ain't having me. Every time he heard the noise, Peter, it would have reminded him what he could have been and now what he's not. It would have reminded him that he could have been around Christ, now he can't. It would have reminded him every time he heard that voice of what he did that was so wrong and it would have taken him back to the very place every single time at midnight when the rooster crowed every single time. But, this is the power of the cross. But, John 21, 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then go and feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you, then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time, and he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was then hurt. You know everything about me, you know that I love you. Jesus responds, then go and feed my sheep. This is called the reinstatement of Peter. Interestingly, Peter denied Christ three times. He then tells him he loves him three times. However, what got me and what gets me when I read this is it still doesn't change the fact that when he goes home that night, the rooster still crows. When he goes home later on that evening, and he, he's got to go to bed at night, the rooster still makes the same noise. The hens are still making the exact same noise they make because that's what hens do. And it got me thinking, man, like, I'm back in the picture. I know Jesus. When I came back to Christ, when I was at my lowest point, let me just tell you this quickly. My sister, Gemma, I don't know if she's here, she's probably for a second, or she'll be at kids camp. She went and did Bible college in Sheffield. And she was praying as a part of their course. They said, get someone in your mind and just pray for them constantly. Just let's get them back in the kingdom. If you know someone that is far away from God, doesn't know what they're doing, making some silly choices. Gemma had no idea what I was doing on Saturday and Friday night. No idea. But what she did know was I'd made a conscious choice to walk away from church. And so she's praying. She's got all her friends around her, started praying. And she would ring me and say, hey, Ads, like, I feel you should come up here, move up here and just do a little bit of life here and get away. And I was like, no. And then she'd ring me, she'd go off and pray and whatever. And she'd ring me a few weeks later, hey, Ad, I, I really feel that you, can, uh, you should move up here. I was like, no. And she rang me 
third time, Ad, come up here. And I, just, I said, Gemma, I've told you no. Put the phone down. A couple of weeks later, stubborn faith. She'd ring me again after praying. Hey, Ad, I think you should move down. I said to her, if your God is so big, so great, so clever, is what you say he is, I want a house, a car and a job. And I'll move. Put the phone down. That was Friday night at 10pm. She rang me up at 9am on Saturday morning. Ad, I've got you a house, a car and a job. <laughs> so I moved on Tuesday. I'm not even joking. Literally, moved on Tuesday. Went up to the church and just saw a load of people my age, like the room this morning, that were just in worship, like Louise, were happy. Joy coming out of them. And I was like, what's that? What's they got? And I'd seen it before, but I'd just forgotten, walked away from it. I'd seen it before, but there was something about it. And I was like, oh, I need that. I need that again. So I went up there and I said, God, not again. I'm in. And then I would go and apply for jobs after the one that Gemma got me. Go and apply for jobs, but suddenly something would creep back in again. Something would creep back in and go, oh, I don't know if I could do that one. Don't know if I could apply for that job. Don't know if I'm clever enough to go and do that one. Don't know if I'm brave enough to go and, and do that job. Something would creep back in because I'd hear the noise. Or I'd be reminded of something that would take me back to what I was doing on a Friday and a Saturday night. Or I'd see something and it would take me back and it would be exactly the same as Peter. When you'd go home and you'd, you'd hear the same noise and the same sound and the same that would just take you back to a time of when you'd done wrong. But as Nate said earlier, God doesn't want your perfection. He wants your position. He doesn't want you to be perfect. We don't get good so we can come and get God. We get God so we can come and get good. It's a reverse. Amen. I'm so thankful that the cross accepted me when I was at my low. Because I was never going to get good and then come. This is what's immense. That morning of the breakfast, so they get off the boat, they go to the beachfront, they're cooking fish. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. And he's hurt. But interestingly, what he asks at the start, do you love me more than these? Now, two schools of thought, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the other 12 disciples? Creating a hierarchy, creating who's best, creating which one of these do I want to be around the most? Or does he mean, do you love me more than these? They're on the beach, they're cooking breakfast and he's pointing at Peter's past. What does Peter know? He's a fisherman. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the boat? Do you love me more than catching fish, your job? Do you love me more than what you've known your whole life? Do you love me? Everything about you has come to this point. Do you love me more than what you currently know? Then, 
stop going back fishing, go and feed my... That's class. That's class. He's taken him from one position. Peter has just got off the boat doing everything that he knew about in his past. Jesus says to him, I want you to go that way. It's a 180 degree turn. Everything that you've known, the minute you make a mistake, you go back to. Everything that we do, our comfort zone is what we know. So what do we know? We know everything that we've already done. So we go back to it. We go back to the fishing boat. We go back to our job that we were good at. We go back to that. I'm not telling everyone, go and leave your jobs. But what's God called you to? What's he called you to? What's he told you to go and do? And sometimes it's like, ah, I can get so close. I'm like, ah, I can't do that. Sit here, back in my boat, in my comfortable place. But he's called us out of where we were to go and do something, go and feed my sheep. Go and feed my sheep. Come at me, I labelled it, come at me. Because this is the powerful bit. After that breakfast, Peter goes home hears the same noise because the crows are still going the hens are still going the roosters are still going he's just had breakfast with Jesus he's met him again he's been with him again and he goes home listens to the sound of where he'd messed up most and it takes him back takes him back to where he'd made the mistake takes him back I don't know if you're already <laughs> takes him back to his past takes him but this time this time he's been with Jesus so when he goes home this time and after his breakfast the same noise can hit him the same sound can touch him the same, the same sound of the rooster crowing can take him back to the boat of when he was fishing, can take him back to his past, can take him back to the hour when he denied Christ. But this time, he'd been with Jesus. This time, he'd been around the maker and creator. This time, he walks home and he hears the same sound, but this time, come at me. This time, come at me. I've been with Jesus. You can do the same noise. You can hit me where it hurts. You can try and destroy me. You can try and take me down. But this time I've been with Jesus. This time I've been with a guy that has renewed me. This time I've been with a guy that's reinstated me. This time I've been with a guy that he's asked if I love me. Come on, somebody. This is what the cross is about. We may have failed. We may have removed ourselves from the story, told us we're not good enough. But this time, this is why it's about position. It's not about whether you walk out the doors and make a mistake within the first 30 seconds. It's position. So this time, when the noise comes, I focus on the cross. So the same thing that got me last time won't get me next time, so come at me. So now when I apply for jobs, 
come at me. Next time I'm reminded of my past, I'm so thankful. Because what got me yesterday won't get me tomorrow. What got me last month won't get me next month. What got me last year won't get me next year. Because I've been with Jesus. I've been with Jesus. Don't want to remove or negate the fact that some people are going through hell on earth. I'm not going to endorse the fact of you going, come at me. Do you know what I mean? I understand that people have got real issues and real problems. But Jesus. But Jesus. But Jesus. Come at me. Come at me, Jesus. Let's flip it on its head. Because <laughs> I want to spend more time with you than my thought process. I want to spend more time moving forwards than I have done moving backwards. So come at me. Come at me. Can we finish with Saviour King? I think the song is so powerful because it literally explains that in a nutshell and what it does for us, Saviour King.